0: Okay, welcome once again, everybody, to the official podcast of the Boston Police Patrolman's Association. Uh, Of course, as you probably know by now, we call it answering the call. My name is Jamie Keneally, sitting alongside our BPPA President, Larry Calderon. Larry, how are we doing today?
1: Just peachy, Jamie, ready to go again.
0: Lots to get to. Uh, Top three issues we want to address today. Latest uh, in our on-contract negotiations, public safety details again. Under attack and and police officers, sadly, flocking uh, from the police department to the fire department. But first, uh, Larry, just a horrible week uh, for law enforcement. We had four officers killed in the line of duty last week. Uh, One officer in Greenville, Mississippi, another in Las Vegas, and of course, two uh, in Bristol, Connecticut. Sergeant Dustin DeMont and police officer Alex Hamsey. Uh, Thoughts and prayers, of course, to everybody impacted. Uh, But your thoughts on that, Larry?
1: It's just disgraceful, Jamie. I mean, look, this, this again, is fallout from the defund the police movement that's been going on uh, since the George Floyd incident. Uh, and as, as horrific as uh, that incident was, you can't blame law enforcement around the country. You can't constantly—when I say can't, I'm talking about elected officials. You You can't have elected officials running around the country— trying to defund police departments, blaming police officers on a mass scale for all of the ailments in society. And that has led to where we are today. I mean, you you, you mentioned, obviously, the fallen officers. Absolutely horrible. But But take a look at how many police officers have been shot in the line of duty that luckily— have not lost their life. It's just one after another. Over the last couple of weeks, there's this Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Tennessee, Chicago, Michigan, North Carolina. I'm trying to trying to name all the ones that we know about. Yep. Alabama. It's it. It seems that every day a police officer is being attacked. Yep. And where are these same politicians? Why aren't they out there saying that we can't live in a lawless society? Look at what's going on in New York. Uh, We we like to compare ourselves to New York all the time. You have uh, Mayor Adams out there who finally had the courage to turn around and talk about uh, the immigration problem that's happening and the crime wave that's going on. But yet, you can't seem to do anything but blame the police department. Uh, It's just awful. It's a tragedy what's going on out there, and I don't see it getting any better. I see crime spiking, and, and I see us being blamed all the more.
0: And, and you don't ask, or we're not asking for elected officials to do much except to condemn the violence. When a police officer, and I hate to say it, Larry, we say killed in the line of duty, and that almost sounds too... Um, graphic. No, its, it's I, they're, they're murdering police officers. That's what's happening. Police yeah. officers are being murdered, and yet you've got elected officials who say nothing. And, and as to, to your point, there's no question the anti-law enforcement rhetoric is, is making this job already da- an already dangerous job ever more dangerous. But um, you know, speaking of violence, Gene McGuire... She was, She's 91 years old, um, civil rights icon in, in Boston, first American, African-American female elected to the school committee, stabbed walking her dog. I think it was last uh, Tuesday night in Franklin Park. And the response to this incident, I think, is telling. Um, on one hand, you have her family saying, hey, folks, please call the police. Help the police. Call Crime Stoppers. Help the police locate the suspect. And on the other spectrum, you have elected officials who want to defund the police, talking uh, and demanding more from law enforcement. When you hear that, how 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 enraged do you get?
1: My my rage I try to contain, especially on this show. But you have an icon in the city who cannot walk her dog in public in her own neighborhood without being attacked, and. The rhetoric coming from the council is, it's just despicable. Uh, Councilor Fernandez Anderson, let's start with her. She can't even conduct herself like a professional in her own council hearing meetings, using F-bombs, standing up, slamming her hand off the table. Uh, I I guess it's more of a scene of of, uh, American Housewives or whatever those TV shows are where people don't know how to act like professionals or act accordingly. But here's a city councilor that leads the defund the police movement rhetoric in the council, wanting to cut the budget, wanting to cut the overtime budget, and then turns around and wants more police in her neighborhood. Cut the crap.
0: It, 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 the hypocrisy is, is off the charts. And to your point too, you've got a woman slamming her fist, dropping f-bombs, and, 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 and she wants... I guess to be respected, but again, the hypocrisy where she wants to defund the police and now she wants more police is is just uh, is aggravating to no end.
1: Yeah, I mean Uh, that's you know sorry to jump right back in. That's the laughable moment. Uh, We can we can recall just going back a a year ago where uh, one city councilor, same thing on the defund the police movement, talking about the police are to blame for everything, but secretly working with the department to put more police officers in her neighborhood on Friday, Saturday, Sunday night thus taking bodies from throughout the district right. including supervisors and quietly putting more cops in her neighborhood i, I mean you talk about yeah, hypocrisy. behind the scenes <laughs> making direct phone yeah, calls to the district just,
0: station saying i need to be <laughs> people need to protect me where the officers and then publicly saying yeah cops are the enemy cops are the problem cops yeah. are the issue I, it's it, just
1: it, no shame it, with some of these councils no shame
0: painful um
1: but they should be paid a, what 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 is the what is the thing they just put forward on? Yeah. Uh, they want a 20% raise mm-hmm. right undoubtedly I'm going to say on a serious note, undoubtedly, everybody deserves a pay raise. We're talking about one of the most expensive cities in America to yep, live in. Yep. So does the city council deserve a raise? Sure, they do. Uh, but you know who deserves a raise first? Their first responders, their police officers, their firefighters, their EMTs. Uh, any city worker that were that was out on the front line day and night during the COVID pandemic, because surely the city councilors weren't out there on the COVID pandemic. They were at home getting paid while we were out working. So if anybody deserves a raise, yeah, the council does too, but we should be first.
0: But it's pretty brazen Really, when you think about it, the fact that they don't know enough to say, hey, yeah, and I agree, we, we, do, we deserve a raise, but let's take care of those who take care of the city first. Let's take care of those who are out there 24-7, 365, keeping the city safe. I mean, if you're a city councilor, I would almost feel awkward in trying to make the case. Yeah, you deserve the pay, but you shouldn't go first. Um, speaking of pay, contract negotiations with the city continue. Um, let me just ask you the obvious question, Larry. Where are we uh, as, as of today?
1: I'm going to tell you that um, your word of continue, uh, prob- probably not true by its definition. So the the mayor and the city have seemed to come to a stalemate. Uh, we have not heard from the mayor's team over the last couple of weeks. We have had 10 meetings. Things were working uh, beautifully uh, up until the last couple of meetings, the last few weeks, uh, as I reported in the last show. Um, they don't seem to want to come to the table with a real pay raise, with a real offering. Uh, they just want to take take, take. They want concessions from this organization, and they're not getting it. They want to talk about discipline change language. They want to talk about MIS change language. They have a seven-page detail bill uh, request negotiating starting point on the table, but yet no movement here, uh, yeah, revert back. They want to give themselves a 20% pay raise. Yep. We can argue whether or not they deserve it. I, I, you know, Again, one of the most expensive cities in America. But when you come to the table and you tell the men and women that are protecting you day and night, again, through the pandemic, we're, we're the heroes on the front line. Their words, not mine, as much as I agree with it. But let's throw it back at them. We're the heroes that are out there 24-7, police, fire, EMTs, etc. cetera. Um, how come they're coming to the table offering a 6%? How come there's no movement? How come the teachers get nine and a half and they can't even come and offer us nine and a half? We're just to the point where it's just continued disrespect. I want to stop short of saying that the mayor's team is a joke right now. Uh, You know, we're we're gonna file a joint labor management. We're doing our homework and preparing our paperwork to do so. Uh, We're gonna go and make this same arguments that we've been making for the last few months at the table. We deserve a pay raise. The city can afford it. We haven't had a contract in two years. We're not objecting to negotiating some of the changes that they want to do to the paid detail system, some of the changes that they want to do to MIS. It's not that we're not willing to make some changes, but negotiations are a two-way street. It is a quid pro quo system. They negotiate something. We want to be paid for it. The days of zeros are all over in this administration. I'll go right on the record right here, like I do at every roll call. Zeros are not an option for me. They are not an option for this leadership team, this bargaining team, and this union. There is no such thing as a zero, whether it's a body camera or anything else that they want to do. You want to change the working conditions of the way we perform our job? Pay us, but sit down and negotiate fairly, and that is not what is happening on their side, well, of the I think table.
0: the thing that kills people too is here. You have one of the best police departments in the nation. You have a, you have an obvious opportunity to value your police department. And it's funny, one of the city councils asked me about details. He, he said, "Hey, Jamie, uh, if you guys lose details, what's the big deal?" I said, "What's the big deal if you lose details?" I said, "You're going to destroy this police department. Somebody somewhere along the way found a way to pay police officers." pay police officers without costing taxpayers a dime somebody found a way to pay cops more and again taxpayers not have to pay a dime and somebody wants to blow that system up and it's like it's the, but it's a disrespect you know, you get surrounding towns and cities who treat their officers better, and instead of them finding ways to keep cops, retain cops, value value our officers, they're talking about pay cuts. The, the latest thing with the details, I, I you know, I know, uh, driving our members crazy. City Councilor Kendra Lauer leading the charge, again, a defunder uh, through and through. Um, your thoughts on that?
1: <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on it. So uh, let, let's just let's go into what you started with um, counselor Kendra Lara talk about a phony baloney so her statistics and her data are wrong when uh, do we have jobs that are going unfilled uh, paid detailed jobs that go unfilled on a daily basis yes we do are they up around 40 or 50% daily no they are not she is inflating her numbers she is out there in the general public trying to stir an argument that is anti-police, which is pretty much her foundation. Uh, look no further than her own webpage and how she campaigns. She is an anti-police candidate. She pretends that she's not, but actions speak louder than words. Now, when we talk about her movement on details, she wants to replace a detail system that puts approximately 300 to 350 police officers on the street every day, except the weekends, at no cost to the taxpayer. Say that again, please. Yep. Three to 350 police officers, Monday through Friday, at no cost to the taxpayer. So I, I stop and I say to people that are listening to this podcast, yeah. just think about- Just
0: stop and, and th- think about
1: that point alone. Yeah, stop, stop and think about it. When do you see a police officer? You tell me, when you're driving home, when do you see a police officer?
0: Well, more often than not, you see a a police officer on a detail site in the street, making sure people cross the street, making sure motorists are are doing the right thing. So yeah, I, I see detail officers across the city every single day.
1: Yeah. So to the citizens that are listening to this, that's the point that I want to drive home is that more often than not, your law enforcement officer, the person that is ready with a radio, with their equipment, with their firearm and their badge, they are there ready to respond in an instance. Um, we just had an incident the other night where three police officers are on a detail and they are approached by two men pulling a woman in what appeared to be a wagon. The woman's unconscious. After the police officers react and attempt to revive her and attempt to see if she's breathing, they uh, administer Narcan and bring her back. Possibly, we can argue the point. Save this woman's life because I, I, they were I, out I, on I a paid think detail. You make that point. Yeah, because yep. they're out on a paid detail. Because they have the training and the knowledge. Yep. Because they're equipped with Narcan. You're not going to get that from a civilian flagger. You know what you are going to get from a civilian flagger is you're going to get a costly organization another bureaucracy run by the city of boston where they want to employ convicted felons and others and let's not forget that we are in massachusetts you are in a prevailing wage state what does that mean again for the common listener that means you're going to pay a prevailing wage somewhere in the line of the laborers union of 75 to 84 dollars an hour for a full package. that Now, I'm not, I don't want to be uh, deceptive or misleading. That includes the health care. That includes the benefits. But you're talking, you get a police officer on the street for $50 an hour, yep. armed, radio, firearm, badge, authority to direct traffic, protect the general trained. public, CPR trained, administering knock-in, yep. saving lives and responding immediately. You want to put a civilian flagger out there for 20 30 $35 an hour more just so you can hire your your son, your your sister. I'm making fun of oh. Counselor Fernandez Anderson who ran as Well, like, uh, they
0: who, need jobs. Didn't, right. didn't know. She
1: didn't right. know that you're not supposed to hire a family member. Yep. Give me a break. You right. want to be respected? Be professional. It, be respectful.
0: And you want people yeah. to follow the rules and do the right thing. Well, guess what? Those rules and those laws are said to apply to you.
1: Sorry. I went off. You know, taking my shot no, at the council. It's, a, it's there, a good but,
0: tangent, but you, yeah. you talk to most people, yeah. and your point's a good one. You know, When people aren't about, when you see a police officer in detail, again, the big point is that officer is there. That's an added layer of safety protection, a free layer of safety protection, and you know, when somebody wants to change something. The first argument is, will it will it save money? Is there cost savings? There is no cost savings in what Kendra Lara is proposing. It's all about defunding, defaming, disrespecting police officers. And this, this system has survived and been around for a while because it makes so much sense.
1: And, and let me go on a little more because I, I know based upon our numbers and our data that we know that Citizens, this this podcast isn't listened to just by police and fire. We know that there's citizens out there that are listening to the podcast, which we're thankful for because this is where you get real information. Right. This is where you cut through the bowl and you get it from the horse's mouth. So there's let's
0: no agenda-driven stuff here. Yeah, let, let's stay
1: on details because I did mention that there are details that go unfilled. So let's talk about why they let's go unfilled. Let's talk about why. Yeah, let, let's talk about it. There, there's a reason why they go unfilled. And first off, it's because we're short four to five hundred police officers over the last 25 years this has been a system that as far as i'm concerned has been self-generated by politicians in city hall even by some of our own department leaders that's how i look at this they want to do more with less they want to continue asking the men and women in uniform to work double and triple tours um, robin peter to pay paul and they've created a shortage of officers not only that increases our overtime budget but yet does not allow uniformed police officers on the street doing a privately paid detail. If they hired more bodies, they would have plenty more police officers to fill jobs. In the jobs that go unfilled, I'd like to say it openly again, there's no secret bargaining with this BPPA leadership. There's no secret bargaining with City Hall, which irritates the mayor and her team. So I'd like to have these conversations. Uh, We are at the table negotiating. We understand that we could create a hierarchy uh, of law enforcement-able bodies on the street to do the details that aren't unfilled. Look no further than surrounding communities around the Commonwealth where they have a retiree detail system in place. We passed that bill several years ago on Beacon Hill. We've had three, four, four different commissioners that could have implemented a retiree system. They refuse to do so because they don't want police officers on the street. I believe this is a, a little bit of an inside game being uh, brought to the forefront here as a way to hire weekend more. We can put this police department yeah. and hire more uh, bureaucratically connected employees. Well, they're they're
0: flagger companies salivating. Flagger, civilian flagger companies salivating, and the point you made is a good one. We call them public safety pay details. They're public safety details, okay? Public safety for a reason, because you want police officers, people in uniform, people who are trained, who provide a level of public safety when they're out in the street. You, you talked about that story where the, the two officers, three officers saved the young woman. What does a flagger do in that case? Nothing. Wave, wave a flag? Nothing. Call nine 911. Yep. That's what he does. Yep. He calls police. Why call police when you can have them there? Again, a system that isn't broken, needs no fix. But you're right. It, it's <laughs> insulting yeah, to yeah. no one.
1: I, I got to jump in because you say call 911. Uh, one about fair city councilors. Just like New York, they don't want you to call nine one one. They want you to call three one one. And then that same city councilor turns around and says, "Why isn't the police doing more?" When uh, Gene McGuire was attacked again, we're the ones that uh, the fingers pointed out. Why aren't the police doing more? Why why didn't you? Why didn't somebody call nine one one? Jesus, I, I, I can't get enough shots across the ball well, with the, some the, of these the, city the councils. Attack, what a bunch of phonies. The attack
0: is on, and people wonder why police officers are defensive. And again, because of this, the anti-law enforcement rhetoric, dangerous, divisive, and it puts police officers in harm's way. And again, God forbid someone's hurt in an officer-involved incident. We hate to see that. But when that happens, you get people across the country saying the cops screwed up, they did something wrong. But yet a police officer is murdered in the line of duty. They say nothing from a credibility point of view. They've got little to none, as at least as it relates to us.
1: And before you go on to your next topic, too, let's let us let us just stay on details here for a second. Uh, for the members that are listening, please take this to heart. On November first at two p.m., Council Laura is attempting to have a hearing in the city council chambers on the fifth floor on changing our detail system and taking details away. Make no mistake about it. It is our livelihood that she and other counselors are after. Your union has sent out a mass email requesting anybody that is not working to please meet us on the fifth floor of City Hall on November 1st, beginning at one thirty p.m. We should be flooding those chambers. We should be letting our city council, our elected officials, We should be letting them know how serious of a threat to public safety this is Mm -hmm. and how serious of a threat it is to your financial and our financial well-being. Let them know how disrespectful they are and let them know how upset we are about what they're attempting to do. So I hope you're going to join us there because we're going to get up there and we're going to give this same type of speech. We're going to get up there and let the councils know we don't appreciate their disrespect, their dishonesty. And the movement that they are trying to do to hurt our members and our families. I hope you're going to be there with that day with Give us.
0: Give me that date again, like November first. At what time?
1: November first. The hearing start. Uh, the hearing is scheduled for 2 p.m. But we would like officers to start showing up at 1:30. We would like to get inside the chambers. Uh, I want to stress, we're going to be professionals because we are professionals. We're going to act like the educated professionals that we are on a daily basis, but we're going to flood that chamber. And I will get up there and talk just like I'm talking on this podcast. Yep. We are going to let them know how disrespectful they are, not only to us, but to the citizens we protect and our families at home.
0: You know, it's funny, um, again, the verbiage they, they like to use, uh, Kendra Large says these jobs belong to community members. Community members need to take back these jobs. And and again, making us the bad guy, pitting the community against us, even though we're one of the best community policing departments in the nation. Community members love us, which cracks me up because when you hear from Lara and Tanya Fernandez-Anderson, I don't know who they talk to. I don't know who they talk to, but they clearly aren't speaking to the majority of, of Bostonians who love their cops. So by the way, we are part of the community. We are from Boston. We grew up in the city. We care about the city. Don't tell us who cares more <laughs> Plus,
1: Yeah, speak to you, Reverend Eugene Rivers, and you get a pretty good feeling for how the community feels about their police officers and how much we are needed. Um, this rhetoric from counselors Laura and Fernandez Anderson. I've said enough.
0: All right, Larry, it's time now for the Ask Larry portion of the podcast. Again, listeners are encouraged to email questions to uh, Larry at answering the Call. At bppa.org again, that email uh, address. Answering the call, all one word at bppa.org. Another quick question. This one comes from Amy in Dorchester. Hey, Larry, heard you on the Dan Ray show. Uh, when are you going to call out BPD leadership for the lack of staffing on your on the department's midnight shifts? My husband's life. My husband's life is at stake every night he walks out the door. Wow.
1: Yeah, that is a Um, wow. Excuse me. So first off, Amy, thank you, because clearly your husband is a police officer. Um, I think I've been calling out the leadership on their lack thereof leadership. Um, I I know that I've given some kudos to uh, Chief Long over the last few podcasts we put out there, and, and he's deserving of those kudos. He has done the best job he could with a police department that is short 25-30% of where they should be according to the city ordinance. Hundreds of officers. Um, I, I'll say thank you to your husband going to work. He's, he's our union member as well. He's a police officer like Jamie and myself um, we appreciate him yeah let's let's talk about the leadership of the department uh, I, I you want me to call them out it's not too hard to do so let's do it right here Commissioner Cox has been the commissioner for six weeks now or uh, four to six weeks we're expecting bigger and better things uh, I will give him the compliment of he's been a good listener he has given me as the president of this union the opportunity to sit down with him uh, on a few occasions now talk about manpower talk about staff or lack thereof. So he is well aware of it. Uh, I don't speak for him, but uh, he is in agreement publicly that we are short hundreds of police officers. So calling him out. Yeah, I hope the commission is going to deliver. I hope our new commissioner is going to hire hundreds of police officers. I hope he's going to enter into agreement with um, Chief Bob Ferrillo who runs the MPTC Police academies across the Commonwealth, that being the one in Randolph that I keep referring to, we can staff academy personnel day and night at these regional academies. We can use our own in High Park. The commissioner has authority to make that happen, so let's make it happen. So when you say call them out, here it is. I hope the commissioner is going to deliver. His new chief of staff in B.F.S. Superintendent Lenita Cullinane. I'm going to give her the same. Thank yous and kudos of sitting down and meeting and uh, having an open line of communication and standing up for the men and women in uniform. I hope she's going to deliver on that. I hope she's going to help the commissioner and help this organization hire bodies and get them on the street. Find a way to hold the department supervisors, their leadership, hold them accountable, staying with calling out uh, leadership and command staff members. Let's talk about mental health and well being again. Let's talk about the department's leadership, their rhetoric of standing up for the men and women in uniform, making sure that their health and wellness is first and foremost. Treating officers with, with respect. Yeah. How is that possible when you transfer a captain from the court unit to staff inspection, who's out there on the four to midnight, midnight to 7.30, 7.30 to four shifts, antagonizing police officers on paid details, showing up in different cars, trying to catch them taking a coffee break or possibly getting lunch god forbid a police officer you'll use the restroom and captain shows up you want the you want officers to feel good about themselves you want to pick up morale in this department i assume amy this fits what you're asking for tell your command staff members to help the rank and file on the street not try to have a gotcha moment these secret sneaky things that are going on with some of these captains and some of these deputies, they need to be called out. So we'll call it out here. Leave the police officers alone. Stop trying to catch them taking a break, getting a cup of coffee. You want to police them, do it like a supervisor. Have some dignity, have some respect for the person that you're going to check on and be the captain you're supposed to be. So, Amy, I I hope I'm fulfilling what you want because uh, I started with the police commissioner. I went down to the superintendent of field services, who is the superintendent of the uniform branch. We are very hopeful from the communication we've had that they're going to deliver. Uh, but there's no secret; we're asking for it. We're asking for it publicly, and when they talk about mental health and well-being, um, I I know I know I'm using a captain by name, Jamie, and I and some people will frown on that, but let's cut the bull. Leave the police officers alone. They are out there doing the job day and night. And if somebody's not doing it, then do your job as a supervisor. Go out there, call another patrol supervisor down there, speak to the officer, take the course of action you want to take, but stop being a sneak and stop harassing everybody.
0: Well, I mean, you said it, it speaks to the, the heart of the matter, that of course being wellness. Uh, morale is low, and we, we should be looking for ways to value and appreciate our officers and treat them like adults. And there are too many guys and girls out there who feel disrespected internally. I mean, we've got these self-inflicted wounds where we have folks up on high treating our officers with, less, with, with respect less than they deserve. There's no reason for it. It's killing morale. The officers deserve better. Uh, no, I, I think you, you speak uh, uh, you know, what we've been hearing from a lot of people, Larry. All right. Uh, on that note, any final thought?
1: Now, I'd just like to reiterate, um, you know, my thanks to the job that men and women do every day. It's nice to try and leave on a note where I'm not losing my cool and say thank you to the rank and file. I remind them to spend as much time at home as they can with their families. Halloween's coming up, Thanksgiving, Christmas, do the best that they can. And uh, keep your head held high, because this is a great job. We are a great department. We are a strong united union, and I hope that we're going to really display that on November 1st at 2 p.m. at the city council hearing. I hope everybody's there uh, with their House of Representatives, because we will be calling a special meeting of the House of Representatives. We will expect all 54 members of the House to be in attendance. And uh, we hope the rank and file will be able to find the time to join us. Excellent.
0: your point to the rank and file, feel good because you guys are good. Yep. And we got some of the best, best in the nation, right here in Boston. All right, that's the show. Thank you for listening to answering the call, the official podcast of the BPPA for Larry Calderoni. I'm Jamie Keneally. Till next time, stay safe, everybody.